0: Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. This week we go to the unions for a response to the cliffhanger election Australia had to have at a federal level. Then we moved to the CUB dispute where 54 skilled workers were fired and invited to reapply for their jobs at 65% of their present wages and with reduced conditions. This federal election, many people, including the Liberals, had been talking about a bloodbath that would put Labor into the wilderness for years to come. History has spoken, with the election too close to call, Greens and Independents being hailed as kingmakers and the Australian Electoral Commission hard at work saying the result may not be finalised for up to a month. As stick-together goes to air, there are still six seats undetermined. Not a bloodbath. So on the back foot, the Turnbull message has been that Labor did a scare campaign about the privatisation of Medicare. We contacted several unions for their response to the election result, First up, Tim Gooden, Secretary of the Geelong Trades Hall, near the marginal seat of Corangamite, where the Liberals had been making hay around a spurious threat to the CFA by State Labor. Tim
1: Gooden. Um, No real surprises. Uh, I I thought it might have been the Libs get up by one or two seats. Um,
0: Are you happy uh, they didn't so far?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think the media played a huge role in um, campaigning for Malcolm um, Turnbull, um, like what they did to the CFA down here in Corangamite, uh, and the Herald Sun had at least five covers, um, ma- making out a, a huge drama, when really there was nothing there as an absolute, probably the worst political beat up um, I've, I've ever seen that the Herald Sun get into. And uh, and it did, it did cost, I think it cost some seats um, down here and um the only the only thing that I, I think the trade, i think all the unions and um, all the, we our union campaign everything was fantastic. I think we did all the right things the door knocking the phone calling the all the stalls, et etc uh, The only thing that was different from this time to two thousand and seven is that we 're on the back of five national uh, rallies and uh and and we we were the story and um, uh, uh, I think in the absence of a uh, big mo- big mobilisations. Um, uh, I, th- I think that was probably the only thing that we could have done. We could have done better, um, and that could have been around the the, the selling off of Australian ships, penalty rates, uh, the, any number of issues. You know.
0: Next up is Arthur Orris, secretary of the South Coast Labour Council in New South Wales, where the Liberal state government had been able to maintain power despite a privatisation agenda things weren't so clear in the federal election.
2: Arthur Orris, Secretary, South Coast Labor Council. The people have indeed spoken in the federal election 2016, but they didn't say what Malcolm Turnbull and the Liberal Party wanted them to. They arrogantly expected a mandate, and we reckon they've ended up with little more than a migraine. We just hope that they doctors' bulk bill. In terms of scare campaigns, how dare the Liberal Party The party of scare campaigns on carbon tax through to terrorism, through to stopping the boats and everything in between accuse anybody of scaring the population for political advantage. The fact is they were put off by one major thing here, and that is working people in their fields, whether it be nurses about health or teachers about schools or whether it be construction, maritime, and other workers about the jobs leaving this country, out on the streets, telling their communities how it really is. That was what they had a real problem about. Because ultimately, when you ask the people in the line what they thought and who they believed, they believe the workers over politicians any day.
0: What was the reaction or the feel of the polling booths where you were?
2: It was very intense on the polling booths in Gilmore. It's still very much in the balance, 400 votes in it, and they threw everything at it, from the Liberal mayor, the Liberal local state member, through to the candidate and others. They pulled the heavyweights out, and uh, they uh, very much tried to uh, bluster their way through and attack anyone who wasn't on their side. But see, ultimately, you can't bludgeon the people like that. This isn't Parliament. This is democracy on the ground. And what they found is is that the people didn't buy their lies, and they didn't buy their claim that somehow this was going to lead to stability. If this is stability, then I'd hate to see chaos.
0: Are you happy with the uh, reaction of the unions and their work on the ground?
2: There's no doubt that the... The uh, workers, the union uh, movement as a whole in this campaign has done a fantastic job. There's no doubt that it was effective and even the Prime Minister had to concede and or more, more likely to blame the unions for a lot of the work on the ground. They see it as a scare campaign. We see it as the scary truth that if you start privatising, particularly in the health and education fields, you won't end up with an Australia that we really want to live in.
0: Shane Malley is a member of the United Firefighters Union Queensland. Queensland, which has been called volatile since it turfed a one-term Liberal government out and returned Labor to power after reducing Labor to the size of a basketball team in the previous election. Hi,
3: my name is Shane Malley. I'm a firefighter up here in Queensland. And uh, I also uh, attended the polling booths uh, at the, the current election just went on the weekend.
0: And so, uh, what was your take on the uh, f- tenor of people's feelings at that polling booth? Um, yeah,
3: well, I did talk to a lot of a lot of people. Obviously, the polling booth. Um, to me, it was no real surprise. I mean, there's, there's been a decline in the community's appeal um, to Turnbull since he's taken office. Uh, that, that's how I feel. And obviously, as a Queenslander, I mean, um, you've heard reports, you know, obviously Queensland's a bit uh, a bit unpredictable. There's been up and down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I-, I think reading into that is the fact that uh, we had a, a very toxic uh, LNP government very recently. And I think uh, two words, Campbell Newman, um, is-, is why you're going to see different movements in different parts of Queensland, I think. So that's still very fresh um, uh, in the minds of a lot of Queenslanders about broken promises from the last, l state government, and I think as well, um, fresh in the minds of a lot of Queenslanders, is, is what well, I think uh, Crikey and a few of the other um, online media organisations talked about the 100 plus broken promises of Tony Abbott. So I think that was very fresh in a lot of voters' minds in, in Queensland. So, uh, you know, it wasn't surprising uh, as I sort of said, that, that there was going to be a swing back, well, how many seats? I think it was you know, 12, 14 seats, something like that.
0: So um, do you think that the uh Union uh, work uh, raising issues with the electorate had a positive effect in relation to, or had a an effect on creating this. Uh well, um, yeah, and, and, and you know, like
3: it's, it's really crazy after the last ten years, of, uh, especially with uh, the LNP in opposition, what what they got up to. I mean, the scare can ta- you know tactics they used, a lot of the negativity. I mean. It, it's, I'm laughing really when I see the media reports, you know, with uh, Turnbull uh, talking about, you know, the, the Medi scare and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that the, the, the details the Labor Party used, from what I could tell, you know, were based on some serious, you know, issues happening. Um, and a lot of, you know, uh, Queenslanders, a lot of people I know know that the Liberals have never been friends of Medicare. They've either tried to slice it up, I think, as Beasley recently said on TV, um, that, the, you know, um, they tried to slice pieces of it off like a piece of salami. I mean, they might say not, they weren't going to sell Medicare, but if they sold the tyres, as, as, an, as an analogy, you can't drive it if you know what I mean. Um, and so I think that that uh, some of the the issues the unions were pushing up here um, in regards to you know university placements, the attack on universities, the Medicare issues were very real to the average Queenslander. Lots lots of mums and dads. I mean. The, the, the LNP can pretend and joke, um, but we all still remember that 1975, we're not, not young enough to know that Fraser privatised Medibank in a Medibank private. And I think and still people still remember that. If they can privatise our national healthcare system once, just because we get a politician, especially from a party that's broken 100-plus promises in the last, you know, whatever, three years. Um, you know, when he says we're not going to touch Medicare, he falls on deaf ears. And I think that, that uh, you know, was proven in a lot of the, the balloting that happened across the weekend.
0: Next, we fielded an opinion from Jeannie Ray, National President of the National Tertiary Education Union, the NTEU.
4: The incredibly close outcome of the federal election, I think, indicates uh, several things. One of them, which is most fortunate, is that people weren't um, sucked into Turnbull's outrageous arrogance of basically vote for us... Um, because we're the fine right of being in government, but I think there's also, whilst clearly people responded to Labor actually campaigning on education and health, um, there was there also remains I think an increasing scepticism of the two major parties and that the way things have been done for over a century in this country, and um, and people are sort of looking to other parties, other interests, and saying that neither major party is picking up many of the things that actually concern people. I think that's good, but I think um, what it also brought out was the, uh, the far right and that there was not just the votes for Hanson in the Senate and her um, yeah, colleagues, whatever they may call themselves, but also I found it very worrying that there was so many votes for One Nation candidates in the lower House seats
0: and what about the uh, reaction to uh, the NTEU's main uh, concerns?
4: Yeah. Well, the NTU and in this election, our Higher Education Defenders Campaign, where we invited candidates to sign up to a statement of ours for yeah, free, accessible, decent higher education, and I might also say for the uh, right to collectively staff to collectively bargain in universities. And we got a raft of people to sign up to to it and that who actually did carry through in their election campaigning, of course, oppositions to a hundred thousand dollar degrees, which has become uh, a shorthand for opposing deregulation and privatization of higher education. So that was terrific. And of course with the outcome there, uh looks like there's uh Fair whack of people into the parliament who um, supported our defenders campaign, which of course did include Nick Xenophon and, um, and his crew. So that's, that's um, I think, quite productive. We're sorry to see, frankly, Glenn Lazarus go, who was a very good defender of um, higher education, but also of um, trade unions and working people's rights. So I think they will be sorry to see that go, but let's see who else emerges in the as they count their way through the Senate. But basically, I think the um, government's program didn't get around ringing endorsement, thank goodness for that. Um, they clearly won't be able to run, uh, uh, succeed in a joint sitting to have a go at unions by trying to reinstate the ABCC. And um, and um, also, you know, somehow we heard nothing about the uh, Trade Union Royal Commission that millions and millions of dollars were, based, were wasted on in trying to have a go at unions. So it'll be interesting to see what their agenda is now too.
0: So you're not disturbed by the idea of instability?
4: Um, I actually quite like instability because it makes people stick up, at, yeah, front up and actually have to pay a bit of notice and not be so complacent, which is I think what happens with the big parties.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's, uh, we're living in interesting times.
4: Yeah, to use that sort of platitude, I suppose we are living in interesting times, and um, and I think it's up to us um, on the progressive sides of politics and on the left to um, make them as interesting as we can by um, actually pushing these sorts of issues, whether that's in clearly in our key interest at the NTU, in what's happening in higher education, but education more generally, but also, you know, while we think of the education, we can put it in terms of education too, the education that all those uh, refugees and asylum seekers are missing out on as they language in the detention centres and also in refugee camps. So these are the big issues, the big issues like climate change. Clearly, people aren't happy with the major parties on that. We still have bizarrely a, a um, debate in this country about climate change, when if you go most places overseas, they've sort of moved on from that. and if you trying to do something about it, so I think there's a big need to move the agenda in Australia and that's what we all have to be part of.
0: Jeff Hoy from the Victorian branch of the MUA was working at a polling booth on election Saturday and had this to say.
5: Yeah, well it's it's, it's pretty close but um, we feel validated by what we've done and actually got out there and then to, um worked well with uh, you know a lot of the volunteers that have been out there on the at the polling booths so like I worked with this you know lovely old old man on uh, on Saturday and uh, we bounced off each other really well. I was dressed up like fake liberal. I had a nice little suit on which uh, gave the perception that I was handing out liberal information so I strategically just walked away from most people as if I was a little bit didn't want to know about them. So um, it, was, it was really good. A good result and probably a result that we needed based on where um, people are in the workplace at the moment with um, uncertainty about job security and that.
0: Was uh, the uh, reaction on Saturday, uh, were, were people interested in the things you were handing out?
5: Yeah, no, look, we kind of targeted. You know, look, I'd go to the younger people, he'd go to the older people, and and it was just really good working together with a guy like that. And, and he'd get in the conversation with them and just... The ones that did say so that they were going to vote Liberal, he'd have, have a conversation about... um how it was going to impact on him and his missus uh, through the um, you know, the hospital care type of thing. And, and just, um, you know, his grandchildren being able to uh, look towards maybe purchasing a house sometime in the future, which was just totally out of reach at the, at the way it is. So so it was, uh, look, I think we got, we, we hit six o'clock and basically just thought, oh, well, let's just see where it is. Because obviously the numbers, if you went by sports and other markets, that, uh gave an indication that it was going to be a bit of a liberal landslide. Um, The more the night went on, it just, you know, you just put your face back in Australian people again.
0: Malcolm Turnbull sulked about Labor running a scare campaign about the privatisation of Medicare. He maintains that it was a crucial decider in his near defeat at the polls. However, Annie Butler, Assistant Secretary of the Federal Branch of the ANMF, the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation, made it clear that the attacks on Medicare are real and the health system under the Liberals was ailing.
6: Australian nurses and midwives are very pleased with the result um, in the election, even though we don't actually know the result formally. But what we've seen, we believe, is that the Australian people have put health as their top priority in this election. So they've been voting around their concerns for the cuts to hospital funding and for the risks to Medicare. And so um, they've sent a very clear message, we think to all politicians, but particularly to the coalition government, to say that they're not going to put up um, with threats to the healthcare system because they want our universal healthcare system protected.
0: Now, you don't think, your union doesn't think that it was a scare campaign, do you?
6: Not remotely. (laughs) Not remotely. There's been a lot of confusion around a number of the issues related to Medicare because, So because of the, there is confusion about how payments are done, which is one particular smaller, not that I meant to diminish it, but smaller aspect of the Medicare system in its entirety. But because of its complexity, people are... It is hard, and it's hard for people to keep up. But what we've seen over the last three years under two prime ministers leading a coalition government is a systematic series of attacks on Medicare by one means or another trying to dismantle it. So it started with the co-payments and everybody saw how the community reacted then so the government changed their approach and uh, as we heard in this year's federal budget uh, said that they would continue with the freeze to medicare rebates until 2020 now effectively effectively that is just withdrawing funds from medicare it's making it increasingly difficult for gps and other health practitioners who bill medicare to continue to run an effective service which just means that costs will have to be forced onto consumers. We know that that means people won't go to see the doctor when they need to, they're likely to get sicker, and they're going to end up in hospitals, which at the same time have been starved, will have been starved of funds, meaning that there'll be reductions in all sorts of areas. So we don't believe for one minute, one minute, that it was a scare campaign. And we've been campaigning with our members for three years to uh, let the community know about the dangers to Medicare
0: Now you're also worried about the uh, I, uh, the attack on penalty rates aren't you
6: Yeah most definitely we've got also there's two things that we're considering in this one is anybody it doesn't matter who you are anybody who works unsociable hours to continue to provide a service to the community, whatever that service is, deserves to be rewarded and compensated for having to work those hours. The second thing is that we believe that, of course, um, penalty rates for nurses and midwives and all care workers and nursing support workers, wherever they work, should be ensured that their penalty rates will be continued. And we have not received that assurance from the government. We have asked them directly directly to tell us that they will protect penalty rates for nurses and midwives wherever they work and they've refused to respond.
0: So in actual fact, your union, like you said at the beginning, are quite happy that this message is being slated home to the politicians.
6: We're really happy. Um, And we see this as, because our members have been out there on the ground talking to people all over the place, but also talking to politicians. And we've been asking politicians to commit to our issues. And where they've made commitments, we've shared that with our members. Uh, Equally where they haven't, we've also shared that with our members, because we believe really strongly that issues that are important to nurses and midwives are issues that are important to the health and the well-being of Australia as a as a good and improving society and so it's really rewarding for us to see that Australian people have got solidly behind those issues stick together stick together together. Yeah. Stick together. Yeah. Stick together stick together stick together stick together stick together,
7: stick together. Stick together. Stick Together. Stick Together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio.
0: You're listening to Stick Together, union news and workers' stories. A picket in Southampton Crescent, outside CUB's Abbotsford plant in Melbourne, is entering its fourth week. The 32 AMWU fitters and 22 electricians, members of the ETU, had their employment Terminated at the end of June, so a new contractor could bring in its own labour force on base wage rates far less than the axed enterprise agreement. At the site in Southampton Crescent, Abbotsford, we joined picketers and others at a barbecue. A sign asking "Are you next?" set the tone for the picket. This guy right here. Okay, he's in the know, is he? he's
7: in the know. All right, this bloke. Hi, how are you? G'day,
0: I'm uh, from 3CR, Stick Together Show, and I was wondering if you could give me a breakdown of what's going on here.
7: Well, at the moment, we're trying to somehow talk to the company somehow, uh, but they're not willing to talk to us at all. Uh, they're willing to talk to us, but not with the union. They're trying to break it down all the conditions that we have here. And, what, well, they're trying to kill the union. That's what they're trying to do, and... Um, and They'll talk to us, individual, to us, but we don't want to do that. We want to be able to go uh, with the union and everything, keep our conditions that we have, not give everything away, but um, try and keep some of our conditions that we have.
0: So is it true, you know, they asked you to come into the office, 50 of you, and said...
7: Well, they're asking us that uh, they'll talk to us if we go into the office and and, um, talk to them one-on-one and probably... Um, and sign up on whatever the contract that they want to put us on, which is, you know, I'll, we lose a lot as far as our conditions go. We lose a lot as far as our wages go. We have a lot of money we lose. They just, um, they to do rotating shift and everything like that, don't want to pay us any allowances for it. Like everywhere else, you go and work, you get uh, your 30 and 15% loading on your on rotating shift. Here they just say no. You've got... They got us. Uh, They've given us a, a one-off payment of $35. So when you break it all down, it works out to about $29 that we're getting, or $28. That's what we're getting per hour. And then they, there's, there's a thing that if you if you work overtime or anything like that, they can go back to the EBA, the original EBA, which is $19.50 for a, a fitter. And so if you're working double time, if you're getting paid double time or whatever it is um you're virtually working for five dollars extra than what your normal rate is so it's not very attractive for forwards. us i mean we can go and get a job elsewhere you know in australia and, and get better conditions than what they're offering i don't know why the, this company has done what they've done cv uh, or Submiller, as it's uh, owned by sub miller and I that so i don't know i don't know why they've done it all but um, obviously it's to me it's to kill the union and so uh, that means then we don't have any protection no nothing you know uh, they can do whatever they want with us and yeah you know we, we don't want to go on those we we it took us 18 months to do an EBA uh, with the company and that and finally we did an, uh, an EBA and then um, same with the electricians and everything and after we've signed everything and blah blah blah, they pull the pin. And the way they, the way we were told, was terrible. Uh, I get a phone call at home to say, "Oh, uh, don't don't report to work tomorrow. Uh, go to uh, Best Western in uh, Kew. And that that's where we were told. These are all been sacked. Now even the company I worked for, the contract that I did work for, they didn't even know. The, that was happening. Then they got the phone call, and we all got told what, what was happening to us. And we all got uh, we all got uh, retrenched that day. We tried to uh, talk to CUB. We had two meetings, and all they wanted from us was uh, flexibility. And we said, "Well, what do you want? What is your flexibility? What are you after?" They didn't tell us that they wanted to go strip our conditions totally and um, take us you know back to the dark ages because that's where it's going. This is what this is all about.
0: Can you tell me what's happened to you here?
7: We were um, finished up. So we, uh, our contract
5: was going to end, but they pulled us in six weeks early um, and, and terminated us on the spot. And then we were to come back and reapply with a new contractor at uh, about 60% less pay.
0: And uh, no union representation?
5: That's right. They No union. Exactly right.
0: So what do you think will happen for you?
5: I haven't haven't really thought about it. I'm just doing what I think is right.
0: That's it for Stick Together this week and uh, thanks to all those unionists who shared their opinions of the federal elect and to the picketers down at the CUB site. They encourage you to go down and help them. They are picketing from 6am to 6pm each day in Southampton, Crescent, Abbotsford, Melbourne, if you happen to be around. They'd very much appreciate the support. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling zero three nine four one nine eight three seven seven. 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.